Friday morning, I woke up, and um, I'm standing at the train station at 5 in the morning in Hawthorne, New Jersey, getting ready to take the, uh, the train to the airport. And there's not many people out, and I just, I, I have this overwhelming sense of just, wow, this is really beginning. Like, God, we, we felt this coming, and like, you've led us to this point, and now it's really happening. Um, and just at five in the morning, right there in northern New Jersey, I'm just having this moment where um, everything just feels so incredible. And to be with you here now, um, it's just these it's these small moments along the ways of our lives, but then we, they bring us to these types of places. And it's just such a, a wonderful thing. Um, so my wife was here a couple weekends ago, and, you know, she was here looking for a house. And she came home, and I'm like, so did you find a house? How was that whole experience? And she couldn't even really talk about the house. All she could talk about was her experience with the Mosaic family. Um, so give yourselves a hand, you guys, because that is awesome. She just... She felt an incredible sense of just love and care from you guys, and uh, that just warmed my heart greatly. And uh, even over the last couple of days, the interaction that I've had with all of you has been, um, has been fantastic. About 100 years ago, there was a, uh, an American astronomer by the name of Edwin Hubble, and uh, so the Hubble telescope. And uh, Edwin Hubble discovered that as he looked out into the universe— that the universe was actually expanding. Um, and so what we thought was just kind of our Milky Way galaxy and was just kind of here and just kind of in place, there's actually multiple galaxies, and the, the universe is actually expanding, making more and more room. And I share that because even on Friday morning as I was there at the train station, I had this sense that as the universe is expanding and we're all a part of it, it's making more room for, for more experiences, for more beauty, for more love, for more grace. And there's this kingdom that's present among us. And this kingdom is represented by this table, a table of provision, a table of grace. And all kinds of people are welcome to it. All kinds of people are welcome to it. And so at Mosaic, we celebrate that table of that kingdom that's made available for you and I. But also as a family, we ask ourselves the question, what does it mean to go and invite more and more people to come to this table? And maybe you, like me now, you're, you're here at Mosaic and you're like, what will the future be like? What are we making room for? Um, and none of us know exactly the answers to those questions yet. But we're open because as the universe is expanding, each of us are making room in our lives to say, God, what is it that you're going to ask of me being a part of this beautiful family here? How can I make room for what you're doing in our midst, for what you're doing in our neighborhoods, for what you're doing all throughout Lincoln? How am I going to be a part of it? And so I'm thrilled that we get to experience that together. I know that we've been journeying through this Rhythms series. I hope that you've found it to be somewhat of a Somewhat of a freeing experience. Say, what are, what are these kind of natural rhythms that life provides that are an opportunity for me to just receive God's life? And isn't that the beautiful thing about our God? Our, our God just loves to give of himself. He loves to just give himself away. And as we participate in these rhythms, these rhythms of resting, where we actually realize that at the core of our lives, we're not humans who are just doing things all the time. We get to just simply be. 
And we get to receive this life of God that he's giving to us. As we learn to listen and all of the noise in our world and all of the many voices that are out there. But when we really truly begin to pay attention to listen to that still small voice of God that can speak so clearly. When we train ourselves to listen, we begin to have this wisdom and this clarity and this direction for our lives. Where, yeah, I feel like I'm learning what to say yes to. I feel like I'm learning what to say no to. I don't feel like I'm being pushed and pulled in all these different directions. When we have the opportunity to be a people who just look to bless. When we engage in that rhythm and all of a sudden we discover how incredibly wonderful all of the people are around us in this world around us. And we get to be a part of just blessing and just giving away. And realizing that while we're doing that, God just continually, just miraculously gives to us. And we just get to share it with everybody else. We get to share meals together. Friday night I had the opportunity to sit down around a table here in Lincoln. And some of the people I knew... Uh, Others, I didn't, but it was just this beautiful sharing in life together. And in the midst of that, I felt like I was receiving my humanity, that I was being formed, I was being renewed as I was together with those people. Today, we're going to talk about the rhythm of celebration, right? Who here loves to party, huh? I love to party, I love to celebrate. Um, The problem is we're really good at like celebrating the big things, right? Really good at celebrating the big things. But what about all of these small things that are happening in our life? Now, before we talk about celebration, let me just kind of throw a couple of main ideas out for you because I want these to settle in. Here's the first one right here. You'll see it up on the screen. We receive the formation and renewal of our humanity by participating with life's rhythms, We don't conjure up our own formation and renewal. Let's just pause here for a minute. Okay, because some of us, we've we've heard that we have to kind of do all of these things in order to really kind of receive this, this life, this rescue that God has for us. And so beat the drums a little louder, play the worship music a little louder, get a little more. And like, but eventually you can go that road and maybe you get this emotional feeling but you get to the point, you're like, I'm not sure this is really changing me. That's why it's possible to be involved in church for so many years, and you can be on your 38th small group study guide with a group of people and still wonder, is there anything that's really being formed in my life here? We have these ways, and and trust me, even pastors like myself, I, I can make a living off of this if I wanted to. I could give you a list of all kinds of things that you could do. And you would maybe believe me, right? And, and somehow I'd be sharing all of these things with you and you'd become very dependent on me or some other pastor or some other staff member that these are the things you need to be doing in order to receive the formation and the renewal that God has for you. But the beautiful thing is, no, there's just these natural life rhythms. That's why we're doing this series. And in particular this morning, this last rhythm of celebration, here's the other main idea that I really want you to grasp a hold of. We need to celebrate people. We need to celebrate. Life is a wrestle. And some of you are feeling it. You are struggling right now. I could go through a myriad of ways that I am struggling right now. But in celebration, we acknowledge the wrestle. We acknowledge it. Yeah, life is hard. It's incredibly difficult. And there's something going that we're going through right now that it hurts, and people all around us, people sitting next to you, people in your neighborhood, people at your workplace, they're wrestling deeply. 
but we acknowledge the wrestle, but we acknowledge Jesus' presence within the wrestle. We're not alone in the midst of it. Let's go on. We can stop ascending to spiritual places. And we can descend into the reality of our lives and the lives of all those around us. Because that's what Christian spirituality is. Christian spirituality is not about escaping, getting on some emotional high, kind of climbing to the mountaintop and experiencing God there. At the core of Christian spirituality is the real messiness of life, the wrestle that's present. And Jesus fully entered into that wrestle with us, experienced every bit of it, the hurt, the pain, the brokenness. But he stuck with it. He stuck with the wrestle. And Jesus is inviting each of us into that wrestle as he's present with us. And that's what our Christian spirituality is all about. So we need to celebrate. But first, we need to acknowledge that life is a wrestle. Speaking of wrestling, um, it's a sport I don't understand. I have a love-hate relationship with sports. Um, had a great opportunity to go to, I'm sorry, the Nebraska game last night. Um, oh, I'm an Ohio boy, so um, yeah. My, my brother from Missouri um, who grew up in Ohio with me, you know, we got to go to the game together. It was a great experience. I was hoping for more of the Nebraska buzz that was there right at the beginning to continue. Um, but yeah, speaking of wrestle. So um, anyways, interesting relationship I have with sports. Um, I, I can't, you know, I can't keep, you know, from looking away. I have to watch it. But yet at the same time, like, I also don't really like it all that much. Um, I remember being a fifth grader, and I was just incredibly awkward as a fifth grader. Anybody else awkward as a fifth grader? Yeah, that was me. Like, moving into the middle school years was a painful tar- part of my life. Uh, never have any desire to go back there. Um, but, you know, growing up in Northwest Ohio, it was all things sports. And so I felt like I had to kind of, all right, what sport am I going to participate in here? Um, and there was one sport that I really kind of was drawn to because um, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, any fans from back in the day, right? I mean, I, I loved watching these guys on television. I don't know if it was sport or not. It was definitely entertainment. Um, but it's amazing that actually I look back now and I'm like, how did we ever watch that back in the late 80s and early 90s, you know? I mean, Andre the Giant is not a pleasant man to look at, you know? And then Hulk Hogan would get all greased up and they'd, you know, kind of pretend to like fight and argue with each other and wrestle. But so anyways, I thought, well, maybe wrestling would be my thing. But then I watched like real wrestling at the high school level in my high school And I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, high school guys grappling each other in these spandex things, you know. And then I saw a kid one time who had cauliflower ear. Have you ever seen cauliflower ear before? And, you know, because they they get kind of in these headlocks and stuff, and they wear the ear gear, but sometimes it comes loose. And I had seen this kid's ear. I mean, it literally, like, just blew up like cauliflower. And that was it. As a fifth-grade boy, I'm like, no way, never doing wrestling. Not going to get an ear like that. Um, But I share that because wrestling is part of our story. Um, And some of us right now, uh, cauliflower ear is a real thing that we're dealing with. Um, It may not be visible to others around us. We can do a great job of hiding it. 
But the pain is there. The hurt is there. The struggle is real. Every person that you come into contact today, uh, they're right there with you. They're in that struggle. They're experiencing the hurt. Um, And Jesus is present in the midst of it with us. The wrestle is real. Jacob, one of the Old Testament stories, um, Jacob, one of the sons of Abraham, uh, he's on the run. Um, He ends up wrestling with this angel. Many believe this angel was God. In the midst of the wrestle, um, Jacob is given a new name. The name is Israel, which literally means one who wrestles with God. So our story is a story of wrestling. It's a story of wrestling. One of the earliest Christian creeds was this three-word phrase, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And so, yes, the wrestle is real, but, but there's a direction that we're moving. And Jesus is Lord. And so even in the midst of the chaos, the hurt, and the pain, Jesus is present. But the hurt, the chaos, the pain, the wrestle does not have the final say. The worst thing that's happening right now is never the last thing that will happen. And that's a beautiful hope. That's a beautiful hope. So as the Gospels began to present themselves then, especially in the Gospel of John, Jesus is being presented as this one who is the Lord over the wrestle, who's the Lord over the chaos, over the hurt, over the brokenness, over the pain, all of it. And so Jesus is showing up on the scene. And in the Gospel of John, John chapter 2, there's a story that's told. And it's the first story where Jesus is going to be um, revealing his glory to the people that he is with in this day and time and age. So Jesus, he's at this wedding. It's a familiar story maybe for many of us. And in the midst of this wedding, there's a real-life celebration that's taking place. And when you're celebrating having a party, the last thing you want to do is run out of booze, right? That's never a good thing. The wine runs out, and Jesus' mother, being a good Jewish woman with her chutzpah, is kind of like, come on, son, now's your time. Do your thing. And he's like, it's not my time yet, woman. And this whole thing plays out. And um, so eventually the Jewish mom wins out, right? She wins out, and she gets her way like good Jewish moms do. And so Jesus, he, he finds these six um, ceremonial kind of washing big stone jars that are usually filled with with water for washing and purification, and the water is turned into this amazing wine. And so Jesus, his, his first public miracle is actually him helping, like, these people who are celebrating with a buzz kind of keep their buzz going on in the midst of the celebration. It doesn't get any more real than that, right? That's why I say Christian spirituality is about dealing with real, raw life. Like, we, we don't have to pretend. It was one of the things that drew me to you guys here at Mosaic. I'm like, they don't, they don't pretend. They, they're in this for the real wrestle of it. And I love that. It's a beautiful thing. And then after this narrative is told um, in John chapter 2, verse 11, it says these words, What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And his disciples believed him. So what Jesus did here 
was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. Now, when the Bible talks about the glory of God, okay, or the glory of Jesus, there's this idea that, that the glory of something, anything that has glory, is, it has incredible significance. It has a weightiness to it. Like, you just know it's there, right? It's like the smell of a junior high boy's locker room, right? You walk in and you're like, whoa, there is a weightiness here. It's just like, what is this, Right? So, so as the glory of Jesus is being revealed through this first public miracle in the midst of this celebration, Jesus in his, his glory, his significance, his weightiness, his presence in the world is being revealed to those who are present. Now, this, this is key for us to catch on to because here's why. Okay, here's why. In our celebration, okay, in our celebration— we can point to the presence of Jesus and his significance, his weightiness in this world present with us. And we can point to the presence of Jesus in his forming and renewing of all things. So when we celebrate, there is more going on than just a party. I know I've heard it here before, but Mosaic understands that the purpose of the church is about mission, right? The church is about mission. It's about going out and inviting people to this huge table of grace that's been made available to us. And everyone's welcome to it. Everyone's welcome. And so the sense of mission is about going out and as we celebrate with people, something is happening in the midst of the celebration. That as followers of Jesus, when we engage in this, somehow the weightiness, the significance, the presence of Jesus can somehow miraculously be unveiled to people around us. If we go way back to the beginning of our story, um, God takes his people, right, and he takes them out of Egypt, these people who are, who are being oppressed. Um, they're being held in slavery, and he frees them. He releases them brings them out into the wilderness where they can finally be free to be his people there. And um, one of the things that God does in kind of giving them an understanding of the people they're supposed to be is he really kind of lays out a pattern of life for them in kind of this calendar year. And in the midst of the calendar year, if you were to look, I, I encourage you maybe, you know, like on your phone or maybe somewhere where you have an electronic Bible, just put the word celebrate um, and then look it up in the Old Testament. And, and in Exodus, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, you'll see all of these seasons and times when God is telling his, to people, his people, I want you to celebrate. I want you to celebrate this. I want you to celebrate this. For seven days, you will celebrate this. And so these people would go, and they would just be about celebration. And in the midst of the celebration, they're remembering the work that God had done freeing them, and they're remembering that God is present with them, and they're remembering that ultimately they serve a God who is a God of abundance. Walter Brueggemann, one of my favorite teachers, has this quote. The power of the future lies not in the hands of those who believe in scarcity, but of those who trust God's abundance. Let's just pause with that for a minute. Because right now, in some way, chances are there is a heavy weight of scarcity that's sitting over you. In some way, you're saying, I don't have what it takes to continue on in a present set of circumstances that I'm in. That relationship is too difficult. 
That job is too demanding. My checkbook is too small. This car does not have what it takes. Or worse yet, I don't have what it takes. Why even try? But in celebration, we remember, no, 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 no. The power of the future lies not in the hands of those who believe in scarcity, but of those who trust God's abundance. So our celebration is not only an understanding that Jesus is present with us in the struggle, that his glory is being revealed, but in our celebration, we're remembering, no, our God is a God of provision, and he provides abundantly for each of us. That is, that is a beautiful thing. In celebration, we acknowledge God's presence in this world and his invitation to us to become more grounded in this earthly adventure. So whatever the struggle is right now, whatever the wrestle is, stay in it. Stay in it. Realize Jesus is present with you. Our God of abundance is present with you. He's present amongst your neighbors. He's present in your neighborhood. These are beautiful realities. Unfortunately, um, a lot of partying in our world is about escaping this world. One of the beautiful things that my family and I have been able to do over the last five years um, is we were really just kind of freed up in this ministry to just go and be present in the neighborhood um, with people who have yet to just say, yeah, I want to come to this table of grace and I just want to dine here often. I want to meet Jesus here. And we got to just kind of go out and really just build relationships with them um, and try to really just kind of help pull back the curtain that's kind of keeps them from seeing the presence of Jesus in their midst. And one of the things that we would often notice is by spending a lot of time with them on Friday nights, Saturday nights, a lot of partying was just about checking out. It was about checking out. Um, I mean, it was just like, let's, let's just go and drink and just let's just forget our problems. Let's forget our problems for one night. But the next morning comes and they're still there. They're still there. Um, I mean, the opioid epidemic in the part of New Jersey where, where my family and I have lived, um, the city of Patterson is right next door to us. Patterson makes some of the most pure heroin that can be found in America. People will drive for hours to come to numb the pain that's present. They'll go into Patterson and literally they'll drive out a couple of miles and there's a Dunkin' Donuts right around the corner from us. And the first thing they do is they pull into the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot, pull out the needle and shoot up right there because they can't even wait until they get home to numb the pain that's present. People are numbing the pain all over the place. I've got my ways of numbing pain. One of the things that I'm learning to do, though, is when I find myself wanting to numb the pain, is that I'm turning to celebration. I'll have a little party for myself. It's kind of weird, but at the same time, it's kind of fun. You know? I'll pour my favorite little glass of something, just a little glass. Um, and in that moment, it turns out to be just this exercise of just celebrating. God, thank you that you're with me. Thank you that this pain that I feel, you feel it. Thank you, God, that I am not alone in this pain. And thank you that I've been able to push through and continue on. I'm still looking for creative ways to, to move through this. Trust is growing in me. 
I'm seeing how you're using this to develop something in my life that needs to be developed. Because remember, the universe is expanding and we're filling it up. And so things need to be filled up in me. And God, you love to give yourself to me. And so through this thing that I'm going through, you're giving yourself because you're a God of abundance. And so when I want to kind of numb that pain, no, 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 no. I just, I just kind of sit with it and I celebrate that the pain is there, but I celebrate that I'm not alone in the pain. Jesus is present with me. I've got brothers and sisters who are present with me. It's a beautiful, beautiful reality. So what can this look like? Um, what can this look like as we begin to, to wrap up and eventually um, make our way to these tables, which I, I love it, by the way. I, I love it that you as a community, um, as you wrap up your time, you come to these tables because it's just a, it's a beautiful picture that in ways that we don't understand, we're, not, we're just not remembering something that Jesus did 2,000 years ago. But we're actually acknowledging the fact that he is present with us in some mysterious way that we can't understand, and we don't have to fully understand it. But as we come to these tables, as we take these very earthly, raw, real elements of bread and juice, and we put it in our mouth, and we chew it for a little while, and we swallow it. It's just a beautiful acknowledgement that, remember, our Christian spirituality is a very earthy kind of experience. So practically speaking, what can all of this look like? Um, individually, let's bring up uh, a couple of slides here. Individually, we can celebrate our own wrestle. Let's just start there. Um, I, just, I just spoke a little bit about that. Look for the rhythms in your life. Um, don't turn to the next tool that a pastor has told you maybe that you need to use, all right? I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not saying never use those things, okay? But again, what we're learning to do is realize that there's natural rhythms that life lays out for us, that if we start saying no to a lot of the other stuff that's around us in order to more intentionally say yes to the rhythms that are right before us, God is going to give himself to us. So look for opportunities to celebrate your own wrestle, Take a walk, and as you take a walk, just whatever it is, you know, if you love the feel of the cool air, you know, whatever it is, um, pour that favorite beverage, that favorite cup of coffee, enjoy that favorite snack, whatever it might be. Um, Maybe it's an activity that you enjoy doing, working with wood, picking up a pencil. Like, just celebrate the fact that you're alive and that the wrestle is real, but you are not alone in this. And as you celebrate all of that, just allow God to just form you and renew you in the midst of that personal little celebration. But also individually, look, look to do that for someone right around you, right? Because like we said, somebody right next to you this morning has cauliflower ear. You can't see it, but they're in pain. It hurts. It's ugly. Um, and if you're willing to pay attention a little bit more, you'll acknowledge they're going through a real wrestle. Celebrate their wrestle. So can I take you out to lunch this week? Give them a call. You know what? I know that you're going through this tough time. I see it, but at the same time, like, I see you pushing through. I just want to, right now, I just want to applaud you and just say, I love you, and I'm in your corner, and I'm celebrating that you're staying in the wrestle. That's a beautiful thing. Celebrate that in somebody else's life. Celebrate that. Um, there was a friend of mine in town um, who I met, and he grew up in a, 
an environment where his um, Christian upbringing was marked with a lot of um, uh, abuse. Um, and so eventually he, he just kind of walked away from it altogether. I can understand why. Um, but one of the beautiful things that I was able to do is, is kind of through some things that he was going through in his life over the last five years, I would often stop by his, um, stop by his shop. And in the midst of the, the struggles that he was going through, I'd be like, I just want you to know, like, I am, I'm in your corner. I see you pushing through this, and I love that about you. I love your grit. I love your determination. And I love it. I just want you to know you're not alone in this. And I know you're wrestling with God because of what was done to you as a kid, but I just want you to know that I believe that God is present with you. And the, the determination, the resolve that I see in you, I believe that's God working in you. And it was just neat through those constant visits of stopping in, it was almost like this curtain was being lifted up where he was experiencing God in a whole new way that was very different from what he experienced in his childhood. It's a beautiful thing. So celebrate, celebrate your wrestle. Look to celebrate the wrestle in somebody else's life. But remember, what we do is, is, this is not just an individual pursuit, this Christian life thing. What we do is a very communal thing. So communally, we can celebrate the wrestle in each other's lives. One of the things that um, I love hearing about mosaic groups. Mosaic group leaders, thank you for what you do. Thank you for who you are. Um, and I know that a lot of you participating in mosaic groups, you, you're understanding that this Christian life thing is a very communal experience. And so when you get together as a group, just celebrate, you know, somebody raise a glass, be like, look, I just want to call out right now. I know you're going through that struggle. I know you're going through this struggle. I know you're going through the struggle. And here's the struggle that I'm going through. And right now we're just going to raise our glasses and say, way to go, everybody. Jesus is with us. Let's keep going forward. Just celebrate that together. Call it out. You know, look for creative ways that you can provide time to talk about those things. The ways that you're growing and expanding through all of that wrestle. It's a beautiful communal exercise. But also, don't just stop there. Look for ways that you can celebrate the wrestle in the lives of neighbors. One tangible story. Um, A group of people that I was with... Um, back in New Jersey, uh, we, were, we were practicing this rhythm of celebration, celebrating the wrestle in our lives, and then looking, we began to look to the neighborhood around us. And there was this one story that we had heard of happening in town, this family a few blocks over, and the son, as a senior in high school, was diagnosed with leukemia. He was kind of a star soccer player, couldn't play a season his senior year, and um, very serious form of leukemia. Um, all kinds of treatments that he was going through, um, the, the, the chemo was brutal, the, the effects of it. Um, so we didn't know this family very well, but as a little community, we said to ourselves, um, one of us reached out to the family and just said, we, we heard about the story, and we just want you to know we're a group of people who meet um, at, at a home a few blocks from you, and we've heard your story, and like, we just want you to know that, that you are on our hearts and minds, and we're just praying for you. And she was a little bit like the mom. When we reached out to her, she's like, wow, thank you. So who, who are you guys, you know, and how did you hear about this? And so we told her the story. And then a couple weeks later, we were talking as a group and um, we said, you know what, what if we did this? We were talking about this idea of celebrating just the wrestle of, of the people around us. And we said, what if we, um, I had a relationship with a liquor store owner and a restaurant owner. Good people to know, by the way. Um, so I talked with both of them and I said, guys, I said, 
I'm thinking there's this family. They're going through this tough time. And so my liquor store owner friend, I said, could you just get us a bunch of wine? Like, I mean, like free wine, you know? Because we want to celebrate this kid Jimmy's life. Like, he's going through wrestle. And we've got this idea. And then my restaurant friend, I said, could you give us a really good deal on some awesome food? And like, if you provided the space. And then what we'd like to do is, is we'd like to invite a bunch of people from town to celebrate Jimmy. That's, that's going to be the night. Like, celebrate Jimmy dinner. Um, and so they were like, that sounds awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And so we said to the community, like, hey, this is a celebrate Jimmy dinner. And we just began to advertise it all throughout the community. And we're like, um, we're going to charge 50 bucks a ticket um, because what we're going to do with every penny of this um, is our little community. We, we paid for the food. All the liquor was free. Um, we paid for the little bit of food. The restaurant owner gave us a big break. And then so every dollar of this ticket, we're going to give to this family. And like 120 people came out, and we were able to give like, I don't know, I think it was like $7,000 to help with this family's medical bills. And I, I still remember it because in the midst of that, um, the celebration has taken place and in the middle of the dinner. Um, Jimmy's there, and at one point in time, we're like, hey, everybody, um, we're here because we're celebrating Jimmy and what what he's going through right now. And this, we're looking at this kid's life. And as a 17-year-old, this kid is teaching all of us about just how gritty life can be. But at the same time, look, look at how he's moving forward. And uh, so Jimmy stood up. You know, we all clap and everything. And um, it was a great night together. Something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Um, and in the midst of that, the, the aunt, Jimmy's aunt, came up to me at the end of the night, and uh, she's like, who are you guys? You know, so I told her a little bit of who we were, and she's like, "Um, I'm a Christian, and um, she says, I live a few hours away, but I just want you to know my sister, Jimmy's mom, um, walked away from the church years ago, and what you guys are showing her about just the reality of, of who God really is, she's like, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. And so our relationship kind of kept on with the family. Jimmy was um, about a year ago declared cancer-free, finishing college now. I mean, it's just, I have no idea what's going to happen with Jimmy and his family, but this much I know, like, and it's not even about what we did for Jimmy. I'll tell you, it's about what God did in us by actually celebrating the wrestle of one of our neighbors. I, I felt like I was receiving my humanity back. I felt like I was being made whole, you know? And I think Jimmy would say the same thing. But, guys, that's what I hope for us here at Mosaic. That's what I hope for us, is that we are a people who just get into the nitty-gritty all around us. Start with ourselves. Celebrate the, the wrestle. Don't numb the pain. But let's, let's learn to celebrate. Not celebrating the pain, but celebrating the presence of Jesus and, and a God of abundance who's present with us in the midst of that. Let's celebrate that in each other. And then let's go out and let's look for people in the neighborhood that we can celebrate. I just get creative. If you're in a mosaic group or even if you're not, grab a group of friends this week and just talk about it. How can we celebrate, the, how can we celebrate someone in our neighborhood? And just get creative and have fun with it. See what God does with it. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Keith, I'll welcome you back up here in a minute. We're going to prepare just to go to these tables. Um, I'm new here. I'm still learning the ropes. Forgive me if I don't quite do it how you're used to. Um, But this much I know. 
This much I know, Jesus is present with us. And Jesus, when he was with his disciples, he took that bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body. He took that cup and he said, this represents the new covenant in my blood. And he invites us to come and realize that life, healing, forgiveness, renewal, restoration, it's all found in him. And we come and, and, and we acknowledge the wrestle that's going on in our lives. And we acknowledge, Jesus, you are present with us. And you're going to, I'm just going to celebrate that you're with us. And then we're going to be sent out. And as we've received this body and blood of Jesus that was poured out, we get to go out into our neighborhoods and our workplaces and the spaces all around us. And we get to just pour ourselves out because Jesus is filling us up. So let me pray for us. Um, after I pray, please make your way to a table that's near you. There's a couple up front here, one in the back. Take the bread, dip it into the cup. Um, when you're ready, just partake. Know that Jesus is with you. Know that his healing is present. Know that his rescue is near. God, thank you for the opportunity to gather as your little family of Mosaic here this morning. God, thank you as we look to the future. We're on this incredible adventure of receiving your life as we participate in these rhythms. God, set us free from thinking that there's something that we do in some kind of magical, formulaic, rigid, obedient kind of way to receive your life. But God, just you, just, you look to give yourself to us. Teach us how to receive. Teach us how to have porous cells that allow you just to pour into us. And may that not then stop with us, but may that then go out into the neighborhoods all around us, the hurt, the pain, the brokenness that's present. And may we be a people who share your life that you've given with us, for us. So thank you for this, this beautiful moment now of coming to these tables. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.